Well, hello, everybody. It's me. It's your buddy, Steve Simonson, and we're coming back and doing another awesomers.com podcast. Now, I'm going to start a new ad hoc random series called Chairman Circle. The, the Chairman Circle will be where Steve gets up on his soapbox and rants about a topic, or perhaps two, or more, right? I'm not going to be constrained, but it's to give you guys a chance to, to hear from the perspective of a experienced, aged, old entrepreneur like myself. Well, first of all, let me uh, just give you guys a little, uh, if you're an audio listener, you hear uh, what we like to call production value in the background. Uh, I've got a bird and occasionally I squeeze the bird and then he makes noise. So let me just dive into this chairman circle concept very quickly. So at Catalyst 88, we have a, a program we call the Chairman Circle. This is essentially to try to systematize the request for help that I get on a, a fairly regular basis. And in fairness, I get requests from help from people I really uh, respect and admire and, and even genuinely want to help. But up until 2023, I haven't had the capacity, which means I don't, you know, I wouldn't be good at it. And the help is not a, a mentorship or consulting uh, in the traditional sense. It's essentially me saying, whether I, I will join either as a board advisor or a board member, or some people ask for the chairman of the board because they want to have some sense of, you know, they're accountable to somebody, right? Even a founder sometimes wants some uh, an accountability partner. And so the chairman's circle was, was created, you know, more than 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago or more now. Essentially to say, well, Steve will plug in and there will be some transaction that is, uh, keep him, uh, financially not annoyed, which means some small Scooby snack so I can pay my assistants and my team to help me on whatever tasks I need. Uh, and so that I'm not going into the, the red or the negative by participating in, you know, some of the company and, uh, and the board membership. And, you know, board does, it's not just one meeting a month. Often it takes on problems and you try to analyze or try to help, uh, in a more deliberate way. Not that, not every day, but it's an occasional project con concept that happens. So anyway, a little Scooby snack monthly and then, uh, some sort of equity. And I only will entertain companies that I think have great, great potential. And the founder is planning on exiting in, let's say two to four years, probably. And most importantly, where I think I can add value. If, if I don't, like if it, none of those things add up, particularly, uh, really the number one is, do I think I can be helpful and additive and, uh, you know, create the, the spark that, you know, help, uh, you know, launch a rocket ship? Then, then I just won't. Anyway, all of that was uh, an unintended sidetrack. You can go to catalyst88.com and check that out. But the chairman's circle, I'm going to leave little breadcrumbs of, things on Awesomer's uh, podcast. And this will be the first installment in the Chairman's Circle podcast series. So I, I realized I've been going to conference the last couple of weeks and went to a really great event in Florida by Brandon Young. And then I went to the uh, the buffet that is ASGTG uh, by Ed Rosenberg up in Brooklyn. And then I popped down to Cancun for some other things uh, down here. But I, I realized that a lot of conversations were focused around, you know, hey, Steve, what do you think about the potential recession? And 
Um, you know, what about the economics? And they've even heard the podcast where I talk about the potential for recession or looming layoffs. Uh, as you guys may recall, I talked about, you know, after the first of the year. So this was back in, let's say, mid to late 2022. I would say, listen, the real layoffs begin in early part of 2023. And that's happening. In fact, some of it happened ahead of time. Right in December 2022, there were plenty of layoffs that were noteworthy from big tech companies, which are not always the first to lay off, but they certainly uh, won't be the last. So you, you start hearing these things and you're like, oh, well, gosh, if people are laying people off and the, the word recession is thrown around, um, what does that mean? And I realized that there's a contextual problem here. Context actually does matter because if you hear me talk about recession or layoffs, you may misinterpret that I think a recession is scary or a recession is uh, a time to panic or uh, otherwise crawl up into your little cave and with a blanket and just wait for it to pass. But the truth is a recession matters when it comes to predicting consumer trends. It, it matters when you start thinking about, you know, how much stock you should order and, and what kind of hiring process you should have in place, what kind of management, let's say checks and balances you, you should have in terms of productivity. Like I, I keep saying, get tight, get tight. I never say get panicked, right? And so the misinterpretation that I'm concerned about is that people might go, oh, well, if recession is happening, that's bad news. We should hunker down. And while I want you to get tight, you know, maybe hunker down is the wrong colloquialism because, in fact, it, it may be useful. But I want to flip the script a little and go, stop worrying about the macroeconomics and just worry about the quality of the founder and the team within your business. If the founder is awesome and if the quality of the, you know, the, that team is awesome, those are the primary variables that determine whether or not you'll have a positive outcome, right? So quality of founder, quality of that founding team even, and then ultimately the, the team downline, depending on how big your company is, those are primarily the determining factors. Now, I like to know about recessionary trends because I want to predict what is happening with forecasting and what is happening with uh, buying behaviors and, and so forth. And so if think about it from a, a forecasting perspective, if a specific market is going to be punished when people are tightening their belts, then there's a strategic interest in knowing and understanding that potential. That's just common sense. So as an example, if you have a grocery store that's selling, you know, products on their shelves as they do every day, and they now have noticed a shift from branded items to generic items. Like the green beans don't have to be the the Jolly Green Giant. They can be, you know, Bob's supermarket brand. And that generic item should be considered to maybe check their assortment and reallocate that assortment and that shelf space wisely so that the customers see what they want to see. But by the way, if they don't and the competition follows that advice and the reality that they will buy more uh, generic goods, then the buyer will just switch to the competition, right? And this is a you know dynamic situation that we all understand and we all endure. So, uh, you know, the great news, FBA sellers in particular and, and brand entrepreneurs, if you're starting your own brand and selling it in e-commerce, you are the generic, right? That's terrific news for you. That means 
brand loyalty from big giant, and I'm talking about billion dollar plus brands, their value has just gone down naturally in the market. That is huge, huge benefit for us. And so, you know, the fact that we are the generic or the alternative, if you prefer, uh, that doesn't mean you should 10x your inventory and just sit back and wait to get rich, right? What it does mean is that people are less brand focused and more into product discovery and more likely to have an eye on price. Okay. Now, of course, I would just want to say there's exceptions and variations to this example, but I share this as one simple point that's happening right now. Undeniable, it's happening right now and in a grocery store environment. So understanding that a recession is coming and economics matter for buying behavior and, and you know, consumer sentiment and things like that. That is why I talk about it. But the logical assumption you may have made from hearing this, whether it's in person or here on the podcast, is that somehow Steve is nervous about it and Steve is worried. But I'm saying, screw that. Like big brands are the ones who are going to face the problem. That's why they're going to lay off a bunch of people. They're packed with high overhead and you as a founder should be scrappy and nimble, right? Your cost of operations, your cost of doing business should be lower than the big brands. And I, I can't imagine, if it's not, then you're doing it wrong, just so you know. And you will face very, very high probability of trouble in the future. My whole point and the contextual thing that I want to set home to you today is that high quality founders, entrepreneurs, and their teams that are of high quality should love economic turmoil. Those who understand having a low cost of operations, finding high leverage in your own product you know, segment, the marketing channel that you're using, that's where a natural A player, founders, team members, whatever, also known as awesome, is that's where you thrive. That's where you can really set yourself apart from that competition. Those who are just riding the tide up lazily, like they're on a lazy river that just happened to go up, and that, but they haven't actually built any skills or learned any lessons about basic unit economics that drive all businesses, those people will crash and uh, be, you know, destroyed by the the now exposed uh, economic rocks as the tide goes out. So high quality founders should be focusing on streamlining operations, predicting these trends and, and how that will impact your forecast and your product decisions, and then make bold choices about, you know, what you can do to secure your own position and then perhaps even grab more market share. Now, uh, I'll just give you a couple other examples. When you race, you know, run a race against a hundred slow competitors, and everybody's lazy and easy. And, and by the way, everybody gets a trophy, right? We're in the world where everybody gets a trophy. Nobody gives a crap where they finish, right? It doesn't matter if you are number one or number 98. Everybody got a trophy. Everybody's making enough money to survive and they're fine. So that's the past. That's not the future. Tough economic times. There are no freaking trophies. The trophy are sales, margin, and net profit. That's the trophy. And nobody gives it to you. You earn it. Figure that out and get tight. So winning founders and entrepreneurs will create muscles that will last a lifetime during this environment, right? You're going to have to run the race and try to win based on pure economic, you know, fundamentals. And those are muscles that you will learn. And, you know, if you ever see the sequential works of a painter, over time, with a really good eye, you can see that the techniques and the skills that they used from those first paintings 
kind of graduate to each successive work of art. Those skills they learn, those those little nuanced effects and, and techniques, they created better and better and better art over their career because they learned. Those skills are transferable. Your art is business, right? It doesn't matter if you're painting a picture or building a business. Building skills during the tough times is what makes you great. Now, whichever metaphor you prefer, you want to talk about building the best muscles or, you know, building, a, you know, uh, compounding your, the skills in art, uh, it doesn't really matter. The point's the same. I talk about a recession to know that good times are directly in front of us if you're prepared. That should excite you if, in fact, you're ready, or it should terrify you if you are not awesomer and if you are not prepared. By the way, if you're not, get prepared, right? That This is not a, you know... Uh, message to you to get out of the business. This is a message to wake up and get prepared. I'll give you a quick final little story here. Three years ago, in January of 2020, I recorded a podcast about this time, in the middle of the month of January of 2020, where I said, you know what? I don't know what's going on with this Wuhan coronavirus, but it's big and it's weird. And even though I can't predict the future, I don't like it. And it's a big, fat, hairy deal. And you can go back and listen to that podcast now. And contextually, from the time it was, I was, I was right, frankly. But I didn't know the details at that time. I didn't know how all this would happen. I certainly didn't know all of the, uh, let's say, global nuttiness that followed. But what I did know is that it's something big. It's something to watch and be aware of. So the same thing I talk about with the recession, right? When there's financial turmoil ahead, we need to understand it. We need to consider many scenarios, upsides, downsides. You know, how, how could this affect me? And then we need to make decisions. And so contextually back then, I'm like, hey, if China closes freaking Disneyland, Disneyland, and, and then they cancel Chinese New Year, holy crap, this is going to be massive economic turmoil. And that was clear as a bell. So we prepared ourselves calmly. We didn't panic. We didn't start canceling all of the microchip orders like all the automakers, we thought about it. And we said, listen, in talking with our suppliers, especially in China, they're getting cancellations like crazy from scared customers. And we told them, we'll take up your slack, right? We'll take up your slack. I don't know. I think I invented a new word, slack. Anyway, we'll, we said, we'll take up the slack. You're panicked, uh, manufacturer, but we're here for you. We want more stuff, not less stuff. We want everything you can produce that is excess capacity through the end of June. And we actually launched new products during that time. Now, I realize, you know, <laughs> that may have been counterintuitive, but it really, really saved us because we got to take advantage of kind of the historic low shipping rates at that time and got a bunch of stock before it got blown up and blown out of proportion as it did in 2021 when everybody then caught up to the the so-called bullwhip effect. And you guys can go look for some of the other podcasts where I discuss the bullwhip effect and show you graphics and, and show you kind of how that, that comes into play. My whole point, everybody, is that if you hear the word recession and you start to wring your hands and you start to get worried, that's the opposite of what I'm doing and, and what I recommend. But I, I recognize that when I talk about it, because I don't have the time necessarily in a conversation to, to go on for 20 minutes about you know, why I talk about it, what it means to me, and what actions I'm going to take, that the, the wrong lessons may have come away. So 
I'm I'm excited to take market share, right? After the last couple of weeks speaking with really extraordinary entrepreneurs uh, in Florida and New York and even here in Mexico, the message about a looming recession or financial uncertainty may be confusing if you don't fully understand the context why I'm talking about it. I'm excited, again, to take market share. I'm excited to drive financial rigor within the management teams without fighting as hard, right? When when everything's going up and inflation uh, is extraordinarily pressing and uh, like management fights on everything. No, we shouldn't cut costs. No, we shouldn't get tight. But really, you're going to have a lot less fights when things are uncertain and the financial turmoil is very clear. I also want to say that I don't relish the pain of those people who are going to be laid off or even go out of business. But like, I don't control the macroeconomics. This is not something that Steve said, oh, I'm going to punish uh, the world by you know making this happen. I'm just a little little fella riding on the tide. <laughs> so if we bring this thing, you know, if we tighten it up, and let me summarize it for you. The founder and the team are what are graded or assessed by macroeconomics. Push through because your life depends on it. Your, your life's work depends on it. It's not your life depends on it like, you know, life and death. I'm saying your business life depends on it. And your, your life's work, which is typically your business, hangs in the balance. Understand the pain, uncertainty, and whatever you see, and then chart your course for the win. Now, the last point is that capital constraints are really the most common direct killer of businesses. Probably second only to complex and expensive overhead structures, um, which means bad management, or, or just terrible product. Now, if you don't have the cash to help you overcome short-term pain or growth, I highly recommend you make a plan to raise capital in whatever process that is available to you. Again, context matters. Everybody has access to different things. Making sure you have reserves is really, really important to help you make it through the, the the rainstorm that's a coming or whatever weather metaphor you prefer to use your own tenacity without sufficient cash may not be enough for you to find the thrive track in a recession instead of just the survive track and listen survive track is acceptable but strong teams with cash have a much higher chance of finding that thrive track right i want you to thrive i want your business to thrive during this time so, Oscars, go for it. Prepare yourselves for battle. This is your time to get operations tight, to nail down your product opportunities, to find those growth levers, and then measure and manage aggressively. I would even say maniacally. Casual Friday is fine. You know, wear the Hawaiian t-shirt uh, or... Uh, Hawaiian shirt, whatever you want on Friday. I don't really care. In fact, I'm casual every day. But an approaching recession with a business casual attitude is unacceptable. It's a recipe for disaster. Don't do it. Now, I hope that this is valuable to you. And so I'm going to ask you guys for a favor. If you're still listening, leave a comment, share it, like it. If you haven't already left a review on the podcast, please do so. Wherever you're watching this, do all that stuff to make that algorithm say that this is important for other entrepreneurs to listen to. 
And uh, if you do that, I will be eternally grateful, everybody. I thank you once again. I appreciate you, awesomers. Bye-bye.